This weekend we have the famous story, the wedding at Cana. And in this story, we really see a beautiful encounter between our Lord and the Blessed Mother. And on the surface level, it almost looks as if our Lord is being rude to his mom. She comes to him with the problem at the wedding, and he's very distant from our understanding of what's going on here. Woman, what does this have to do with me? But in this time, the title woman and the way that he used it in the Hebrew was very much an official, respectful, dignified way to address his mother. But there's something going on here much deeper. Essentially, what our Lord is asking is saying, at this moment, if I perform my first public miracle, it starts a road that will lead to the cross. We think of the time that our Lord spent with his Blessed Mother, 30 years of much we do not know about. There's only a few stories here and there, but this is an opportunity for our Blessed Mother to recognize that at this moment, she is surrendering her son to the mission he came to achieve, to die for our sins. It was no longer going to be that he was able to live with his mother at this, po at this moment, but would go out with the 12 apostles and begin to form them, begin to train them, begin this mission to create the foundation of the Catholic Church that here 2000 later in St. Patrick's and St. Charles, we continue. She surrenders everything by going and saying, do whatever he tells you. She understood that this would lead to the cross. She understood that her relationship with Jesus was never going to be the same, but it had to be done. At certain moments, when we recognize what must be done, we have to allow that to happen. We have to allow what stirs in our heart to come to fruition. She gives us the example of what it means to totally surrender to Christ, that there's nothing parallel in this world or out, outside of it that is going to equal what happens when we surrender everything to God, the good that comes from that. And this example is how we need to live our lives every single day, no matter what's going on, to say, all right, at the end of the day, whatever I think is right, I have to do. We cannot delay. And I think this gospel is really poignant this weekend that it's going on. For as we are here, there are tens of thousands of people in Washington, D.C., and they are marching for those who cannot stand up for themselves. It's the 46th March for Life going on as many, many men and women are there in Washington, D.C., showing what they believe is wrong, what we as Catholics believe is wrong, that, that, that this abortion in this country for 46 years is something that needs to stop, that as Catholics we believe that from the moment of conception to our natural death, life is precious. Life needs to be preserved. Now, this is something as Catholics we've always held to. But if we look at secular culture, media, maybe friends, maybe family, they say, you know, the church needs to get with the times. This is outdated. This is no longer relevant in today's culture. But if we're looking at a situation where we're no longer on par with regular culture, what society tells us to do, that's fine. That's almost always been a trademark of the Catholic Church. Righteousness does not have to be popular. It just has to be righteous. And it has always been this understanding for the Catholic Church that when the tenets of the faith are being challenged, we stand up, we hold together, and we fight for the truth. This goes back to the martyrs in Rome 2,000 years ago, within the last 100 years when the saints in Mexico died for the faith, like St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, 
and the Christians currently fighting for their faith in the Middle East understand that we cannot compromise on matters of life, that this has affected too many people, both the children and the moms. And I think that's the most under-talked about issue here, is that those, I mean, statistically, it's just, there's been millions of abortions in the last 46 years. We're going to know friends or family who have in some way encountered this. And, and you talk to Catholic psychologists, they understand that this is not for, obviously, the help of the child, but the, the health of the mother is affected, and that this is a, a problem in our culture where they just, it buries down and, and eats them away. Now, this is not something where we need to ostracize, obviously, but we need to love, and that's why there's beautiful pro projects that we have, like Rachel's Vineyard, that helps anyone affected, grandparents, parents, fathers, mothers who've been affected by abortion, to go through that healing process and to understand that each of us needs the merciful love of God. All of us sin. We all go to the foot of the cross in confession and say, Lord, I've sinned. Please pick me up. Let me come into your warm embrace of that merciful love and keep going and allowing him to know that those burdens that weigh us down, Christ forgets them. Through him dying on the cross, there is no sin that our Lord cannot forget and forgive and to welcome us back into that. So we're there for every single person and part of this whole thing. But we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to help the pro-life cause in this country? All of us need to do what our part is. As St. Paul talked about in the second reading, each of us have different gifts. Maybe it's not that we're the most eloquent in our speech or able to feel confident enough to talk about it, but there's other ways. Supporting Corbella Clinic, which we do so well at this parish, uh, an opportunity that we have to help Corbella, which helps both the mothers and the children as they go through difficult situations and always trying to promote life and to show them alternatives, faith-filled adoption families. There, there's wonderful programs out there that are doing everything they can for young women. We cannot compromise on matters of faith in regards to from the moment of conception to natural death. There's no cause that we can be more worthy of than putting our time in this. I stand before you today truly believing that one day in this country there will no longer be abortion. Because if there is anything we know about the relation between God and his people, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. He will hear the cry of the unborn. So as we receive our Lord in a few minutes, I invite you to take that time of quiet and ask him if there's anything that he's calling you to do to further this cause of pro-life. Maybe it's just through saying a few prayers every single day. And no matter what our Lord says to you, do as his blessed mother says in the gospel day, today, do whatever he tells you. <laughs>